Our scripture reading today is Joshua 24, 19 through 31 from the NIV. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord God, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he reaffirmed for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to their own inheritance. After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of a hundred and ten. And they buried him in the land of his inheritance, at Timnath, Sarah, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua, and of the elders who outlived him, and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. Well, we just finished Joshua. Now, we only started at the beginning of the last chapter of Joshua three weeks ago. But we have come to the conclusion of this chapter, this this moment of covenant renewal, a very important one in the life of God's people in the Old Testament. It's a moment for God's people to consider God's faithfulness and consider their faithful service to God in that relationship. We've chosen this chapter to study, to look at, and to learn from during this season of our annual stewardship campaign. Because each year, in most churches, the annual giving campaign provides us with a fresh opportunity to renew our commitments It invites us into a deeper discernment of our relationship with God and how God is calling us and how we are longing to serve God through the pledge of our time, our talent, and yes, our treasure. This year's pledge card, as some of you well know because you've filled them out, others of you who are in the process of filling them out, has been designed with the wholeness of this covenant service in mind. Uh, 
including plenty of space not only for the giving of a financial pledge, but also to write out your words of commitment of service, of ministry to the Lord. Well, the covenant renewal in Joshua 24 follows a particular three-part form. And throughout the scriptures, when it comes time for God's people to recommit to the covenant, it often follows these three parts. So we've covered one for every Sunday, and we're in the third one right now. So let's review a bit. First, we acknowledge God's faithfulness. That's the first step of covenant renewal. What we called a few weeks ago in the sermon, recounting God's resume. In, we, we think especially uh, appropriately in the month of November around Thanksgiving uh, on this holiday that specifically was developed so that we could give thanks to God for all that God has done and all the ways God has been faithful to us. We start there with gratitude. And then last week on our Pledge Sunday, we considered our covenant obligation to serve, motivated by Joshua's exhortation. Choose this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that service finds expression in generosity. And so gratitude flows into generosity in covenant renewal. And finally, we get to the third part of covenant renewal. Formalizing the commitment. The people renewed their participation in the covenant in a way that encouraged accountability and Joshua recorded it. So let's dive into the formalizing of the commitment. Living into the commitment. So in this text that we looked at today, verses 19 through 31 of Joshua 24, God's people respond to Joshua in the affirmative. So Joshua says, hey, serve the Lord, choose this day. There's a lot of choices out there, a lot of ways that you can go. Right now, I'm calling you to serve the Lord. What am I going to do? I'm going to serve the Lord. I can't make that decision for you. You've got to make that decision for you. Twice, In this text, the people say, we will serve the Lord. So the overall impact of Joshua's exhortation or encouragement is that they will serve the Lord. You can think of Joshua almost like uh, like giving a pregame speech. He's the coach of God's team on earth. And, And he's giving the inspirational speech. And the team is going, yes, coach, we're in. But you notice that Joshua used a very interesting approach to get God's people to truly understand the seriousness of the commitment they were making. And in a way that sometimes coaches use to motivate players or even like personal uh, trainers might, if you came to a personal trainer and you said, I want to reach this level of physical fitness, that personal trainer would say, okay. Now, if you just chose just one little step up from where you were, they might say, yeah, that's good. All right, meet me on Monday at 10 o'clock at the gym. Now, if you said, I want to become one of the world's greatest triathletes, let's say I asked that. 
I'm not ready to just take a little bit of a step up, and now I'm one of the greatest triathletes in the world. That's way up here. And so that personal trainer might say, Kurt, are you sure? Are you sure you want this goal? Because I can train you in that direction, but are you ready for what it's going to cost you? It's going to cost you time. It means you're not going to be working out with me every, day, every like, other week. You're going to be working out with me every day. And by the way, you know that thing about you wanting to eat what you want to eat? That's out. That's out. It's not about what you want to eat. It's about what your goal demands that you eat. And I'm going to hold you to that, right? We, we have coaches that operate like that in our lives. We have teachers. Um, and especially when we are at the point of making a significant commitment to something, the wise move on the part of those who are in that leadership position is to say, are you really sure you understand what the seriousness of this commitment is? I, I do that, and most pastors do that on a regular basis when a couple comes to me wanting to be married. That's one of the, the purposes of premarital counseling. It's a covenant. And one of the goals in that is to say, okay, you're in love. That's fantastic. It really is. Let's celebrate that. But what's also happening, it's not just a day, right? A wedding is a day. A marriage is for a lifetime, Let's talk about that commitment. Let's talk about what it's going to be like, not only on the days when it's going well, but also during the stormy times. So uh, the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord our God and obey him. But in the midst of this, Joshua makes sure that their commitment is made in the context of accountability. There's accountability in the covenant between God and God's people. But this accountability clears the way for the people's approach of the covenant God. So the accountability opens up the full benefits of the relationship for them. Now, Joshua 24 doesn't expand on that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to welcome in another text from the Old Testament to help us understand this. It's Psalm 103. So more on that in just a minute. But let's start with the accountability and then go to the approach. So Joshua is reminding people of the serious nature of a commitment made to the covenant Lord. In verse 19 and 20, here's what it says. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. Sounds like that coach, doesn't it? He is a holy God. Like if you thought God was just the figment of your imagination... I'm reminding you, okay, remember who we're talking about here. God is holy. And in this context, the holiness of God really means the transcendence of God. God is more than you. It's more than just the sum total of our spirituality. God exists, and God is beyond us and more powerful than us. And then he goes on to say, he is a jealous God. Now, this is a, is a phrase that, that comes up in many contexts in the covenant, in the Old Testament. And I think it's, it's probably best to treat this not as, okay, jealousy is a, is a, is a vice or a, or a negative thing. That, like, why, why would God have this negative thing? It's more saying, Joshua's saying, this relationship matters to God. So, so if you're going to enter into this relationship, just know you're in it with a relationship with a God who cares about the relationship. 
God cares about how we, God's people, spend our time. How much time we spend in this versus that, especially if we do it to the exclusion of God who longs to be living life with us with every breath, with every moment, with every prayer, with every day. Now, then he goes on to say some words that, that really, I think it's a good thing that they kind of hit our, our ears in, in a, in a take-notice way. It says, Joshua says, He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. But we're going to learn from Psalm 103 that if we just pick those words out of the text, we might interpret what's going on here wrongly. Joshua here is... It's more of a, of a rhetorical way of speaking. He's getting their attention to, to really recognize the seriousness of the covenant. He's basically saying, God's still holding people accountable. God doesn't just say, well, it doesn't matter how you live. It does matter how you live. And it really reflects that sometimes we, we think of God as a forgiving God, but we also go that next step of saying, well, God kind of has done away with good and evil. It's not true. There's nowhere in the biblical text, in biblical theology, that says that there isn't a judgment where evil will be judged by the living God. It's just that in Christ, we are covered by Christ and, and are forgiven so that we don't fail in that judgment. And today, we're going to lift it up in our prayers, but I just want to say, in this world, when we, even this morning, but all this last week, we're talking about the covenant, and God's covenant includes a commandment, you shall not kill. And we human beings still struggle with that, don't we? As a human community, it's still wrong to take another person's life. God holds the human community responsible for their actions. And truly, that's the way it is with the people of the covenant as well. And so Joshua is one who is saying these words of challenge. Are you sure? It's not going to be easy. He brings up idols. He says, put away those idols. By the way, this is the first time he really kind of says it uh, to them in this chapter, and they haven't brought it up yet. <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, let's go a little bit deeper. You've said you want to serve the Lord, but it's going to mean, you know those things that you're not telling me about, <laughs> or you're not telling others about those things, kind of the part of your secret life? It involves that too. There are things that you'll need to say no to in the covenant in order to say yes to the covenant. And some of those things that you're going to say, need to say no to are things that you're rather fond of. Maybe you'd rather spend your time doing that. Going back to the personal trainer illustration, maybe I like pasta. Maybe I have such a feeling of well-being when I'm tasting that particular sauce I love. And I, and, I, and I love just the feeling of it. It takes me to another level. Josh was saying, entering the covenant means saying no to that. Not to the pasta, but to the stuff that, that, that doesn't equate to the commitment that you're making to the Lord. 
So specifically, Joshua is bringing up these idols, you know, serving another god other than the Lord. In Judges, which is the next step, so if you turn the page from the last verse we read, uh, you'll be in Judges. And in Judges, the classic problem was, quote, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. So that was the challenge God's people had in the next chapter. It was, hey, I think this is right. I'm going to do it. And that does sort of cover our challenges, not only as a people of God, but as a human community. Accountability belongs in our lives. Leaders, pastors, teachers, disciples, fellow small group members, parents, all of these are gifts that God gives into our lives to steer us in the direction of faithfulness in the covenant. So the first thing that Joshua did was to remind God's people of the seriousness of the commitment. But he also set a record and a reminder for the people. This is another way of describing that this relationship matters. It's why when there are weddings, there is a wedding certificate. It's why even in our society today, that, that it's, a, it's a legal arrangement. There's paperwork that needs to get signed. Um, and needs to, the pastor always needs to remember to actually submit it. Uh, and that has happened every time so far for me. Let's hope that continues. But on, in verse 25, On that day Joshua made a covenant for the people, and there at Shechem he reaffirmed for them decrees and laws. Reaffirmed for them that the Ten Commandments, basically, and, and all of the law of the Lord. And then Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. It's a reminder. Think about the importance of the sacraments of baptism and communion and how much they are in, in their true purpose, how much they are set there by God to be reminders. Remember Jesus' words. Do this in remembrance of me. Baptism is a reminder of the covenant. Every time someone is incorporated into God's people, covenant people through baptism, it's a reminder for all of us that we are a part of the covenant. And those same promises that are being claimed on behalf of this person who is being baptized are true for us, and we are reminded. And sometimes there's a challenge associated with that. We might say, you know what? If this is true for me, I might need to change a little bit. I want to give a shout out to the Joshuas in the church in respect of the record. So those covenant moments, say baptisms, in the Presbyterian church, we actually have a Joshua who writes those things down in a book. Now, for many years, it really was a book. It was the biggest book in the church, regardless of what church it was. It was a big book, a heavy book, and we still have those books from the early days of this congregation. If you'd ever like to see them, just call up the office. We would gladly show you them. They are our records, and you can see the actual names of everyone who was baptized in this congregation. Now, this congregation was planted in 1981, 
Some congregations go back hundreds of years, and there are books. Trust me, there are books. And in the Presbyterian Church, the person who makes sure those get in the books is the clerk of session. Now, big round of applause for everyone who served as a clerk of session. Let's big, big round of applause. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Clerks of session. A lot of times it comes down to we gather as a session, kind of say, okay, it's like a committee where you say, okay, who's going to take the minutes? Who's going to take the notes? And everyone kind of says, not me. I'm not very good at that. My handwriting's not very good, right? Uh, but it's a sacred task, and God has always provided faithful servants to be that person, like Joshua, who records these because they matter. We also record when we have communion. That's required in our church because that covenant relationship matters. Okay, so we talked about these reminders. We're reminded of the covenant in communion and baptism and other times like this stewardship opportunity. But it clears the way the reminders and the accountability clear the way to approach God, and that's what we're doing here today with our healing prayer. What is next for God's people when they say, yes, we will serve? And then another time after Joshua says, are you really ready for this? They say, yes, we hear you, and we say, yes, we will serve the Lord and obey him. What's next for God's people? Well, it's drawing near to the Lord who has drawn near to them in this relationship of love in the covenant. And that is expressed in worship and in prayerful devotion. And one of the great examples of this in all of Scripture is Psalm 103. And friends, let that psalm be the theme for our time of prayer today. I encourage you, if the words of this psalm don't come immediately to mind, there are... Uh, Bibles in the pews, go ahead and grab one, look up Psalm 103, review that, make it part of your own prayer time today. In Psalm 103, in verses 17 and 18, the psalmist, this is recorded as a psalm of David, and so King David is recording this psalm, and he's speaking of the covenant, and he writes this, from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. Psalm 103 is about the God who we meet, the God who invites our approach in the covenant relationship. I'm going to invite us to get really simple right now. And it's all about our ABCs. Think about when you first learned the alphabet. At that level, this is what we're talking about when coming to God in prayer, the ABCs. And I'm going to say that A stands for accessing, B stands for benefits, and C stands for covenant. So the ABCs are accessing the benefits of the covenant. That's what it means to be in covenant, to approach the living God who we are now in covenant with, is we access the benefits of the covenant. God invites us, and Psalm 103 speaks of these benefits. 
Verses two through five. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Part of committing to the covenant is to place our lives in God's loving hands, is to place our hopes and our fears is to place is to place our griefs our suffering our lament our pain before the lord the god who cares for god's people drawing near to the lord in prayer has been a covenant practice even if that prayer is a prayer of lament In Psalm 103, verse 8, it reminds us that the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. This is the God who we come to in prayer today. Compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. We've, we've made it clear that there is accountability in the covenant. We need to take it seriously. But now we're, we're not focusing on Joshua's words that were meant to get us to that point. We're focusing on David's words from the psalm that speaks of who this God is toward us in the covenant, and that is a compassionate God. Verses 13 and 14 express this further. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers we are dust. God knows our frailty as human beings. Yes, grieved by the way that the inhumanity of humans toward other humans, but not surprised, longing that we would come to him approach him to be healed. We know that, that God understands through Christ what our experience of our finite human lives are. That yes, ultimately God will heal all diseases, but in this life as human beings, we are susceptible to them. And we do experience physical death. And we grieve the loss of loved ones. And yet God is with us still through it all. And the words of Jesus ring out as the words to the church throughout the world and throughout the ages. These words of covenant invitation. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls.